All right, welcome to this episode of Jetstream Live. Really excited to uh, to be here uh, today. We've got Grant Laring. Uh, he's the head of growth at Good Lawyer. Uh, really excited to have you here. Thanks for being here, Grant. Pleasure to have you, Mike. It's a it's a treat. Yeah did I did I say your last name correctly? I just want to make sure I got that right. Uh, Laring usually, but it's Laring. the same to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, well, thanks so much for being here. Why don't we Why don't we just start out? Uh, if you could just tell us a little bit about what good good lawyer is and what you're doing. Totally. I mean, I can I can talk about good lawyer all day. Um, <laughs> I have to lengthen the stream, but uh, yeah, good lawyer is basically a managed marketplace platform, uh, kind of like an Uber and Airbnb, but for lawyers. So on one side, we've got uh, solo small firm lawyers who are looking to expand their practice. On the other side, we've got entrepreneurs who need legal services um, by setting up this software that facilitates the transactions, we can ensure um, really reliable quality for the entrepreneurs. We can ensure that it's done affordably. We can ensure that it's done quickly, transparently, um, and just basically make it a hundred times better for everyone involved, not just the, right. the buyer, but the seller as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and it is something that uh, can be quite difficult uh, to to find someone that is a good lawyer uh, and to work with someone you trust and like. Where did where did this idea come from? Uh, I mean, I think that the the story around the office is that uh, Brett dreamed it up during law school. Um, <laughs> sorry, our founder Brett Colvin, and uh, then kind of bought the domain GoodLawyer.ca. Uh, went off and tried law. He tried being a real lawyer. Uh, he worked in a big shop and uh, really hated everything about it. Um, billing out at 450 bucks an hour. Um, he couldn't afford his own services and it just didn't feel great. Um, and honestly, lawyers work way too much. Like if you talk to a lawyer who actually makes a lot of money, they work way too much. I get way too many emails from lawyers at midnight or, or 1 a.m. Um, it's ridiculous. So he burned out on that and started kind of good lawyer on the side. So um, used some of his lawyer salary to pay a, a CTO to start working on the app, um, started building that out. And then as that came uh, with basically Parker Smith working on a kitchen table, um, they kind of grew a bit more. They had another lawyer that was with the team and then left. And then they picked up a designer named Tom Alvarez. Um, so the three of those guys are basically the, the real founders. Now we got Greg Colvin, uh, Parker Smith and Tom Alvarez. Uh, then they started to kind of go through accelerators. Brett left his job. Um, now all three of them kind of working on it full time. And then uh, nothing was really, the product was built. Basically the product was built by this, um, but there wasn't a lot of sales going on. So that's kind of uh, where I came in. So I came in as a consultant um, because they just needed me to run some Google ads. So I, I came in to run some Google ads and uh, geez, things went from there. You want me to keep going? No, no, I, uh, yeah. we can, we can definitely get into the growth. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm just kind of, I'm very interested in this idea because I, uh, of like hating the business that you're, that you're in. Uh, and, and I think that that can spur a lot of ideas and, and other things. And so, you know, I kind of feel that way sometimes as, as an agency, I'm like, man, I just don't, I don't like just billing out hours and I just don't, I don't like that. And I kind of fight against that. And so that's led me to, you know, to work on a more performance-based model with clients where I'm and like, did you do performance-based billing? Like yeah. Lead yeah. Or so, customer? Oh, nice. 
Yeah. So, so I, because I don't, it's not, it's not based on like, like sometimes I'm, I can set up a campaign really, really quickly. I can have it up in like a few hours. And so then I get paid less than someone who's not as good at it. That doesn't make sense to me. And I could also just, you know, waste my time and be really slow with stuff. And, and I end up making more. So the motivation wasn't aligned. And so I want to align motivations with the, with the client and say, Hey, I've got some skin in the game. You've got some skin in the game. We're only going to make money when we both make money. So, you know, it doesn't take into account like branding and developing the brand because uh, it's tougher to measure, but I really feel better about this type of work. And so, you know, I love that, that idea that, Hey, I'm going to go and be a lawyer, but I don't want to be a traditional lawyer. And then you can see where that takes you. And I think that can spur on a lot of really great uh, ideas. And so uh, I, I see that, you know, things have obviously grown at Good Lawyer over the years. And so maybe we can get into that story and you can talk about how have you grown uh, Good Lawyer and what are some of the tactics and strategies and even the struggles and pains that you've gone through uh, to get it to where you've gotten it to. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can dig into that, I guess. Uh, on your, you mentioned that I think like a lot of the innovation comes from people who are in the industry and feel the pain and that's, that's really common. And even something investors look for, right? They're like, right. do you actually get advertising? Like, are you qualified to be inventing this, this ad tech platform? And you're like, yeah, of course, like this is a problem I deal with all the time. And then investors yeah. are kind of like, okay, well, we trust you. Let's, let's do this. <laughs> right. So, um, I've got a few friends who are in marketing who pivoted into ad tech pretty quick because they found problems yeah. that they didn't like. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I think performance-based marketing itself is even a, almost a symptom of that, um, that pain. For sure. For sure. Anyway, so, so the Good Lawyer uh, growth part from when I joined. So I joined, I was doing these Google ads, um, which uh, was super fun. Like, great project. Loved it. Loved the team. Um, and it basically blew up right away. So I, I, I came in and I was doing this work. And like, next thing I know, the whole team's working with me. They're all writing copy. They're all making landing pages. We got development, we got design, we're, we're doing all this stuff. Uh, and basically my hourly rate became insanely unsustainable um, right. for the company. So after about a month of this, um, show, he's like, we can't afford to keep paying you as much cash. Uh, do you want to just join the team? We'll pay you with some equity. Yeah, nice. <laughs> so <laughs> that's how I joined. Awesome. Yeah, Which that, that... I, I will say is the best way to join a company. Like if you can try out the company for a month, see if you like them, see if you like the culture before you join, you can honestly save yourself so much trouble. Yeah, for sure. And, and it's kind of being a, you know, being a bit of a non-traditional entrepreneur, you know, where, where you end up getting some ownership and some equity in a startup and you feel like, you know, Hey, I've got some ownership in this thing, but you don't have to risk it all. Right. Like you're not working for nothing. Uh, and you can still be a part of a startup because I find being a part of a startup is just so much more exciting than something that's like well established. I, I love the challenges of trying to get something uh, off the ground uh, and, and turn something that's nothing into something that really has something that people want and, and become something that uh, that grows. Yeah, it looks so, like you've done that quite a few times over your your career. I'm quite impressed. Yeah, yeah, I have. It's it's uh, you know been been full of successes and failures along the way for sure. Uh, but I wouldn't, I, w I keep coming back to it. I keep wanting to do it. So, uh, I I'm curious about like, so beyond, beyond Google ads, what other things, uh, have you done, uh, to, to grow the company? And, and, you know, that could be everything from marketing to sales to, you know, changes to the website or, or app or whatever it is that, that, uh, you know, really helps drive that growth. Mm -hmm. 
uh lots of stuff tons of stuff a million different things um i, I guess i gotta preface it by saying like obviously not a one-man army here it's a huge team that uh works works on all these things where we started with the three founders like i joined and then now we're 22 uh, maybe 23 today i think someone just walked in the office um and everything has been a team effort but um from a marketing perspective let's let's go into the marketing so uh we did the google ads been really good that we started doing those right away uh we kind of found the keywords that worked actually with the very first guess surprisingly we, we've basically reduced the number of keywords we're using uh over the last year and a half we have not really added anything um because the we're finding what works well and we're doubling down on that which maybe is a tenant of performance marketing in general um then there's Facebook. So Facebook was a cool one because uh, we found it worked really well for events. So we have um, the unique situation of being born during coronavirus. So uh, we were like, how do we get in front of people? How do we make sales? How do like, we have a relatively low LTV, uh, lifetime value per customer. Um, so how can we acquire them uh, at scale and like an early stage? We don't really know how to do that. So uh, we're like, well, let's, do, let's host some events. We'll have people come in. We'll pitch them 30, 40 at a time. We'll do that. So we had a webinar, went really well. Um, and then we're like, well, I bet we can do another one. Let's get more people in it. So let's try with promoting it through Facebook. Um, that worked really well. So we can get now, uh, we can get an event attendee for $4, give or take, uh, Canadian. Hmm. Um, so these are warm inbound leads. Um, they get a chance to get to know us through this event, which we've also invested a lot of time in the experience, making it really fun. Um, and then we can we can try to sell them if they're interested in buying our service at the end of it. Um, so now those are kind of our two main performance funnels. We've got the Google ads going on one side and the Facebook on the other. Um, they're very different. You've got like yeah. Google just like that. Um, Facebook, maybe it's 90 days before they really buy something interesting. Um, but they are uh, working together very, very well. Yeah, yeah, they are such different animals, right? Like I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of of search, uh, just because you know it comes with the intent. It's it's almost like cheating, right? Because it's like these people are looking for the product versus on Facebook or like you know compared to like a billboard or television. It's like I gotta make, I gotta let you know this product exists, and I gotta show you how it's gonna solve your pain, and then I gotta, gotta get you to take action. It, there's a lot in that um and it certainly works but it is a lot more uh involved um so so you, you've spoken about quite a few successes right like you know, google ads worked and facebook worked there's got to be some failures or some some mistakes can you talk about some of the uh, failures or, or challenges you've you've had to face or or you know the things that just didn't work for you uh many things most things <laughs> um <laughs> yeah I, that, that's probably like a, a point i should make is that everything that works probably 10 or 20 things didn't work uh we did try a lot of things different copy uh display ads actually one of, i have a funny story about display ads which maybe you'll relate to um but we were running some display on google and it was just dead in the water for ages and then suddenly it starts picking up and we get all of these deals um and simultaneously the dev team tells us we're being spam hacked from africa somewhere in africa um and i don't really connect the dots on this one but it turns out google has found that uh our ads for immigration lawyers are working really really well in mozambique um so <laughs> we're on a couple of these really strange sites and people are loving it and they're trying to get our immigration lawyers um so we had to actually turn that off just because it was not something we wanted to actually 
deal with. But uh, Google will find a way to spend your money, no matter kind of like what you want out of it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I've seen that in a couple of ways, like good and bad, where suddenly this, for whatever reason, a new keyword takes off. Maybe someone else paused their campaign that was killing it. And now yeah. you have that keyword and it starts to run away. Like what is going on with the campaign? And sometimes it's a good thing and sometimes it's a bad thing. Or, or you know, mm -hmm. Google will find a placement or something that has traffic and suddenly you just like, it runs wild. So I always... You know, I, there's lots of AI and technology and automation and stuff that goes into this, but I, I personally still subscribe to being like a manual reviewer to go in and like, I got to keep my eyes on this thing, right? I got to keep looking. I, I trust the Facebook algorithm and Google's once it gets going, but I got to, I got to oversee it. Right. And, and I think we're going to keep doing that for, you know, at least the next five to 10 years before the bots finally take over. But I, I, there are these things that happen where Google or Facebook, mostly I see it mostly on Google, will just run away with something, and you're like, "What is going on? Why did this happen?" Uh, so I really yeah. feel like you got to be hands on. Absolutely, yeah. Um, another one that didn't work for us was LinkedIn. Um, yeah, I know we're on LinkedIn right now, so I feel dirty saying this, but uh, <laughs> yeah, the cost per click is just berserk on LinkedIn. Like, I don't understand what their logic is here, but like, ten bucks a click is just way too much um i mean we've yeah, seen I, some variation there but like for what we're considering it's basically a facebook ad like you're getting the same people kind of in the same way um just baffling there's no way to make it work economically yeah it's really unfortunate because it's such it's so good at the targeting right like you can find the right person at the right company in the right job all those things but then sometimes to target them i had a i actually had a client and they were paying 70 dollars a click you know, I think we, I think we got two or three clicks at that before I was like, okay, we got to pause that. And I'm like $70. I mean, you got to be selling something for like $7,000 and it needs to convert like, like that. So yeah. I'm with you. I mean, yeah, we're on LinkedIn live. I love LinkedIn live, but the LinkedIn ads platform, uh, mm -hmm. I wish it was better, but I really love, so I really like the targeting and you can find the right people at the right jobs. And it makes a lot of sense for B2B, mm -hmm. but Facebook's algorithm is much better, right? So it's like, it's a, it's a trade-off of, I don't have the targeting, but I have the algorithm. So can you make what you would do on Facebook or what you do on LinkedIn work on Facebook? Uh, maybe, maybe not, but, but you're right, LinkedIn, and we've had a few campaigns and we continue to try because I feel like it should work, um, but I'm very cautious in my approach there. Totally, you just gotta be cautious. I think, yeah, that's kind of it. Like if you're watching it, you're in there, you get kind of like, the business you're trying to sell for and all that stuff like it should be fine but um just don't like go in because someone told you to and just kind of like grin and bear it like you got to be aware of what you're doing <laughs> yeah yeah so so uh you know some of the some of the failures there. i don't know if you have an, an, another failure or, or that you would like to share but what, what have been like big challenges things that like you've had to overcome um in this position, in this role, to really get that growth and see that scale happening. Big challenges. Um, I think. I mean. I mean. Maybe we'll tie this back to kind of my my philosophy as well. I'm not. Um, you know, I should have told you this earlier. I'm not a pure marketer. I'm uh, very much a salesperson as well. That's kind of like one of the big things cool. about my background is I've done a lot of sales. Um, I really like sales. I think it's really effective. Um, so. The challenge we have for growth is aligning marketing and sales. Um, 
I don't think I think we do quite well at it, but it's always uh, difficult because sales is hard. I mean, you got to call people, you got to be on email, you got to like do things. Um, mm-hmm. And then marketing's got to get them the right leads, and like it's hard to tell what that quality is if you're just looking at a, a graph of the leads coming in. Um, so working with the the whole team and then really embracing it as a unit, like this whole growth function. Um, and establishing a shared vision. That's kind of the big challenge. Like, can we all share a vision of what this growth engine looks like and mm-hmm. uh, work together to make it run? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm really glad that you mentioned that because I see that a lot where we see instead of sales and marketing, it's sales versus marketing or it's sales marketing. <laughs> and they're like two different things uh, instead of looking at them as, as a whole unit. And maybe that's why, you know, maybe that's why your title is head of growth rather than head of sales and marketing. Or we see a lot of like, you know, chief revenue officer, like your focus is revenue, drive revenue, and you need to work with marketing. The one thing that I think is unfortunate is when sometimes times get hard, marketing gets cut. And it's like, oh, it's not a direct revenue driver. And it's like, well, yeah, but without it, your direct revenue driver of the sales team is really limited. And marketing makes sales easier. And so, you know, uh, we, we just see that a lot with working with clients and, and it's not their fault, mm-hmm. uh, but there's a lot of work and effort that goes into making sure that sales and marketing are working together uh, and becoming that, that unit. Um, do, you have any, do you have any tips on, on how you've done that or anything that you can share that would be beneficial for the listeners to know like, hey, this is the, some of the things we've done to uh, align under a common goal? It's a good question. Um... I'm kind of surprised. I, I feel this I the same kind of situations you you felt. Surprisingly, because if you're a salesperson and you call someone who knows about your business, it's way easier. Like yes. it's night and day. Like if you call someone, you're like, hey, it's Grant calling about X. And they're like, oh yeah, I know about X. Like they'll they won't hang up on you. They won't yell at you. They won't be like, like, what is this? A spam call? Like it's so much easier. Yeah, we, and we, we try to coach clients on that too. Like, hey, if they've seen your video on LinkedIn or Facebook or, or seen your brand name or think they've seen your brand name, that's so much better when you get on that call. And so, you know, there's a lot of discussion around, you know, account-based marketing, uh, you know, lots of companies doing that in, in, in B2B. And, you know, maybe the simplest form of that is just, hey, we're going to show our ads to the people that we're likely to target on the biz dev. Sorry, I got to sneeze. <laughs> Excuse me. That hit me. Um, but but I think that that's so beneficial because like you said, and I tell this to clients all the time, is like you're, you're so much further along the sales process if you get on the phone and they already know who you are, right? Mm-hmm. Or they've heard of you. It's not, even, it's not even necessarily that they trust you or see you as an authority. They've just heard of you. It's better mm-hmm. than not being heard of. Uh, so I, I totally agree with that. Uh, but again, sorry, back to like tips and, and stuff that, uh, that you, you've done to align this sales and marketing team as, as a single unit, as you said. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot more around like the goal sharing. So looking at like, like revenue, like everyone's goal is revenue. Um, it's not like, it's just my role. It's not right. just marketing. It's not just sales. Everyone's role is, is revenue. Um, so that's super important. I think, uh, sales does a lot of joining events and things, so they actually get in contact with a lot of uh, leads, not necessarily customers. Um, and marketing 
tends to look through the the lists they're generating and like look at the people coming in um to see like are these good leads like look them up on linkedin like look them up look up the company like these make sense for us and then pivot based on that kind of information right right yeah that that's that's great and and you know i am thinking about because there's a lot of discussion around like product-led growth as well is that something that that is is a factor uh here are you looking at that uh as part of your model uh you know i'm familiar with the term but do you want to define it for me just for just for fun yeah well it's just focusing on on the product driving the growth so all the growth comes from the product uh and you know tying marketing to the product tying sales to the product uh and, and really driving it from there and honestly it's not something that i do a lot of my focus has been more on like i'm going to push these products out uh and i'm going to drive the uh, sales and marketing through my marketing tactics on a paid uh strategy and so it's more of a push what i've done uh and, and so you know it's not a uh, a thing that i'm super super familiar with so uh, but i'm curious on your like maybe we can just talk about like product management and how that ties into product marketing and product sales uh, as well totally yeah so i guess two things we do that i think are really good um and worth sharing one is uh we call every single customer um by we i mean kind of whoever happens to be there to take the call um for the first five three hundred customers i called them myself um wow. then we had someone else take over and did a few hundred um now we have kind of a team that manages them um those calls are invaluable like for marketing for sales for the ceo for anyone it's absolutely incredible um so we, we call people and they're like hey like um just want to see how it went how'd it go you know and you learn things you're like they like this feature or they don't even know about this thing um and that informs your messaging like that that is your messaging if someone says like i really love that i could do um you know that i could send pictures uh that's now part of your your brand your your feature list um so those are really, really good. I recommend that to anybody. And that's not like a brand new thing. I think Pinterest and Instagram, a bunch of people did that with their early users as well, where they uh, try and contact them immediately and get their, their feedback. Yeah, absolutely. And you can learn so much uh, from, from the customer. And so, you know, we're always encouraging clients to talk to the customer uh, and something that, that we're doing now as well as, is getting a voice of customer. So just interviewing a customer and asking them various questions but really what we're listening for, I mean, it, we're, we're getting lots of valuable information, but we're listening for the words that they use to describe the product or the problem. Mm -hmm. And then we can use those words in the ad so that we're speaking to them. Because as a marketer, one of the things that I find the hardest to do is to put myself in the customer's shoes, right? Mm -hmm. I'm always thinking of like, well, what do I want from them? And then you push out this message that's very like eccentric versus their problem that like draws them in. So that voice of customer survey and speaking to customers is a great way to understand what they really want, what they really want to see, and then what's more likely to work uh, in your ads, in your marketing. So I think that's a really great, uh, great thing to talk to the customer. Yeah, I think that'll become pretty standard in the future. Um, because like you said, it's, it's just easier, like as scary as it is to pick up the phone, it's easier to do that than to try and write copy blind for years on end. <laughs> Well, you're just you're just speculating and guessing. I, I think that they're struggling with this, and I think and and mm -hmm. you know, yes, you can A B test to get to the right thing, but that's a lot of iterations and variations you need to put in there 
that costs usually the client a lot of money on the ad side to figure that out when we can just go directly to the customer and, and ask them. So totally. what, maybe uh, something, something totally, totally interesting, right? Like maybe something like sulfur or something. Yeah. Marketing agencies don't get to choose their products. They Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's true, right? Like the marketing agency is good at marketing in general and they, especially in digital, they understand the platforms, but if they don't understand the product, then it's not going to matter. And at the end of the day, we can talk about algorithms and pixels and tech stuff all day long. What really matters is, do you understand the customer and can you speak to them in a way that, you know, encourages them to pick up the phone, download the app, uh, you know, buy the product. So yeah, uh, I'm kind of, so, I guess the other thing on product led, sorry, I, I didn't go ahead. Finish. Um, we work really closely with products. So marketing and sales, um, provide enormous amounts of feedback to the product team. We usually just ticket it or we send them a Slack message or whatever, but it all gets kind of aggregated into the backlog. Um, so then product can work that into their roadmap. Um, but more than that, we kind of have a bit of our own roadmap. We have like the, the growth projects, uh, which we run every quarter. So on a quarterly basis, we'll kind of list all the projects we want to run. Um, these are kind of experiments and things like that. Mostly they're usually pilots. Um, so we listed our maybe like 50 pilots, we rank them uh, using a number of systems. Um, and if they happen to include product changes, uh, they include product changes. We'll go talk to product and see if we can get it done. Um, so there's a lot of alignment between those two departments. And then if things go well on the pilot, we scale it into an operation and then it proceeds like that forever. Um, well, maybe one in 10 of these things works really well and that gets incorporated. The other nine are kind of just forgotten. Um, but we, I shouldn't say forgotten. We write down what we learned from the project and just leave it. Yeah, very cool. And I'm really glad to hear, uh, you know, someone, uh, a company spending so much time in, in product and understanding that and taking the feedback seriously, because, you know, some of the companies that the, you know, we, that I talk to, sometimes they're on the smaller side and they don't have the product team built out or they haven't, you know, got a product manager or they're not looking at someone to head that up. It's like there's sales, there's marketing. There's dev, right? And then there's like leadership. And, and there's just a bridge there that's not quite connected between what's coming in from sales and marketing and what the, the, the dev team should actually be building. And if it's just on the dev uh, team or the dev person's back to decide what should be in the product, then what you get isn't necessarily what the customer wants. And that can be a real challenge. So sounds like you've got a good system. What what sort of what sort of things are on the horizon uh, for growth at, at Good Lawyer? Like looking forward, what are some of the things you're working on or excited about or potentially challenged? And you know, just throw in iOS 14 and <laughs> Pixel or uh, uh, Cookie Gate that's that's coming and, and all these things that are changing. Totally, I think you're probably well on top of this, um, but. Uh... Owning our data is a big thing on the digital marketing side. Like, uh, it's becoming very clear the way the winds are blowing. Um, sharing cookies, these things are probably not going to last. Um, like everything good will be taken away. So we're trying to really internalize all of our data as much as we can through whether it's like proprietary systems or finding ways just to centralize um, other like tool data into one place. So that, that's a big thing for us for sure. 
Yeah, I was listening to a podcast yesterday. I was listening to the Perpetual Marketing uh, or per Perpetual Traffic by the guys at Digital Marketer. And they were talking mm -hmm. about exactly that. It's like, if there's one thing that you do right now, it's that, you know, get a CRM, get an email list going, do what you can to get the data onto your own platform and own it. And I think that's going to be, you know, really, really important. So it uh, sounds like you're on top of that as well. Yeah. Um, other than that, what do we have? It's good. We've got a, we were doing a summit. I feel like I'd be remiss not to mention this. Uh, <laughs> team is putting together our first massive event. So uh, we've been running the webinars obviously for a year and a half now. They've become incredibly popular. Um, we usually have, I mean, they grew from like that 50 person first webinar we did to, um, Right now we're around 500 per, per event, and then we've cleared uh, 1,100 before our event. So um, we figured we'll just do a really big one. We'll do a summit. So we're doing a summit in November. Uh, we got two days. One is the future of law. So this is going to be all about cool. uh, the changing legal profession, and um, hopefully we'll get the, the movers and shakers of the legal industry there. We've got a lot of amazing speakers coming, so I think the lawyers will follow. Um, good number of people signed up already and then there's the build for good is day two so that one's for entrepreneurs that one's all about um how can we build companies well uh, in this this modern time uh, how can we help each other build so that's that's a really good one too and the lineup is incredible so if anyone's interested in checking it out uh, it's goodlayer.ca slash summit and then you can uh add either the future of law or build for good and you'll find the right page very cool is that an in-person event that you're planning to have happen it's going to be a hybrid. Uh, we've got okay. um, a space booked out here in Calgary. We're going to be streaming from there. We can have everyone come in there, it's drinks and food and whatever. Um, but it is nationwide. So if you want to come uh, stream it, it's free. If you want to come to the event, it costs a little bit of money, but we're going to provide food and drinks. So you get something for it. Very cool. That, that That's awesome. I um, I also run a digital marketing boot camp with Alacrity Canada uh, through Alacrity Academy. And this mm -hmm. is something that I've been like really wanted to do. I mean, we've been, we've just been so busy with new students signing up and, and the courses growing and stuff. Uh, but I'd love to host an event and bring like digital marketing together in like the education capacity. So there's lots of digital marketing uh, seminars and, and conferences mm -hmm. out there, but I'd like to find a different angle, but I'd love to uh, host some sort of event uh, or even a virtual thing. There's lots of really cool software that allows for that to happen. So that that's pretty exciting to have uh, to have that summit. Yeah, we should uh, collab on events sometime, Mike. We uh, yeah. we did a growth one uh, with uh, Carrie Houston from Three to One Growth Academy a few months ago, and it was super fun. We just had all these startup founders come in and um, kind of shared our stories. Um, there's very not a cool. ton of legal to it, but it is very important to have good legal because you basically need equity if you're a startup founder to to hire a good growth person uh, and kind of the core. Thing that we fell on during that event was that you uh, quality matters more than quantity when it comes to marketing. You get like a cup one really good person early on is going to make a way bigger difference than hiring a stream of interns. Yeah, yeah, no, that's really good uh, advice as well because I see that a lot where you know someone needs to hire a director of marketing and they say, oh, we're just going to hire two hustlers that are keen, and it's like, yeah, maybe you'll get you know. A, a lower cost and someone's going to work hard, but they're going to lack, they're, they're not going to be able to do that 10 X thing because they're just not thinking on that level. Right. So it's really difficult. I'm finding right now to find good marketing people that have either the strategic thinking at the higher level or the ability to manage the tasks at the lower level and just get in there and grind. Um, so it's a really difficult place to be, but 
I would I would place my bets if I was a startup right now on someone more senior that can think about the path of how to get there versus someone that's going to come in and just do lots of stuff uh, and, and work hard, but not necessarily know where they're directing it. So totally. Yeah. It's all about quality over quantity. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, well, Grant, it's been uh, great to great to have you on the live today. Uh, any final thoughts or anything else that you wanted to add before we uh, sign off today? Oh, yeah, I guess I'll just uh, throw in a quick plug for Goodware. So if there's any founders here that are uh, in need of legal advice, uh, please head over to Goodware.ca. Use the code grant free. Uh, that's my name, G-R-A-N-T, free. Uh, get your free advice session. Take advantage of it. It's an amazing platform. And uh, let me know how it goes because I'd love to hear your feedback. Yeah, awesome. Love it. Thanks again, Grant. Really appreciate it. And uh, great to connect with you here. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Mike. Cheers. All right. Have a good, good rest of your day.